Colin, give yourself some applause. What if I didn't introduce anyone? And we did that the first couple Crickets. of times, didn't we? Dude, the first one, we didn't even say who we were. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were nervous. It was our first time. I mean, Literally. I still get nervous every time. I don't. Well, you're a different animal than I am. <laughs> All right. Guys, go. Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I'm your host, Hayden Huber, and alongside me is the greatest co-host of them all. Oh, you flatter me. Cole. I'm Cole Hazenfield. Thanks sir, for joining us back for another episode today in the studio. And we actually have an awesome guest with us as well that we're going to... Yeah, give us... Can you give us some applause? Well, the applause button's not working. Thanks okay. to Jimmy. He's screwing up again. Seriously? I'm going to give some real applause. Jimmy was... Ah, again today. I'm glad he's out of here because there's a lot of things I wanted to say to him. But again, getting back to our, our guest today, we're really excited to have her here, Lindsay Hazenfield. She uh, has an amazing, amazing business background, professional, personal. She's done a lot of cool things. She uh, started off uh, at Miami University. Then she got her masters at xavier Mm -hmm. she's been at ge for 13 the past 13 years am i right 13 years 13 years uh she's climbed the ladder there she's done a lot of really cool stuff and again today we're not going to make it all just about her professional career but i i think we're just excited to have Lindsay on and and hopefully uh you're excited to be here as well i am yeah thanks so much for having me guys hey thank you for coming so uh, Lindsay, is there anything that stands out that you'd like uh our listeners to kind of know about you as we kind of get into this today well, I'm Lindsay. Um, Cole gave me a nice background. I grew up in Cincinnati. I've got two sisters. Uh, my family's in the area. My sisters are both over in Mount Lookout, and I recently made the move with my husband and two-year-old daughter from Oakley to Anderson, so we officially live in the suburbs now. A-Town. It's a good place to be. <laughs> the A-Town. A-town. <laughs> yeah. Um, somehow, 13 years have gone by. I've been at GE, and I started on the military side of the business. I've gone through the marketing and sales departments. And I have found my way into the supply chain world. So I'm now in sourcing. And my two-year-old daughter is my favorite little little person. And so it's been a lot of fun watching her grow and get settled in the new house. And yeah. That's She's a so me. cute too, though. Thank you. Sloney is just the absolute cutest, biggest smile. So you got you got a lot going on then. You've got a lot going on. The move, the, the career. Um, and like you said, 13 years and you've gone through like different different phases of, of GE, different, I guess, groups, right, when yeah. you've been there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that's really cool. Well, again, excited to have you here, um, Lindsay. So I think uh, it's one of the things I think we want to do to, to kind of dive into it is is start talking about uh, your time at GE and going back to where you started at GE, what you started off doing there, and then uh-huh. what it's progressed to. I think that's kind of interesting because, like you said, you've jumped through different segments or, or things within the company. So can yeah. you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So my degree is in marketing and statistics. So I thought I always wanted to do more marketing-type roles. And I interned at GE for three summers. And when I graduated, I didn't really think I did want to come back to GE. So I had worked with a group of people that was – a little bit older and uh, not so excited about being at GE and they weren't necessarily the best coworkers. So it made me think, well, I don't really want to spend my time here. Right. So I started working at a small market research company and I quickly realized that there weren't as many opportunities there as if I would go back to GE. So luckily I was fortunate enough to be able to get in my, get my foot in the door at GE. I went back to GE and I went back to that same military organization that I had left and um, slowly started building my network. So 
one thing I'd say is, um, one of the, our VP was actually a, a female and she, I was one of the, there weren't so many ladies in the organization okay. and she really helped be a mentor and she got me, um, connected into the women's network. Hmm. So she connected me into the commercial women's network because there wasn't a lot of, again, ladies in the military side of the business at the time. Okay. So, so it was kind of a, a tight knit group. Yes. Okay. And so that really helped. Building my network was huge and really just showing me what all the opportunities at GE were. And so that helped me. And then I also wanted to get into marketing. And I was told that I had to be an engineer to get into marketing at GE, which I thought was crazy. I said, I have a marketing degree. Why can't I? Right. Why do you have to be an engineer? That doesn't make any sense to me either. Yeah. So I, um, what we call them get to knows at GE. I just started setting up get to knows and I talked to as many people as I could. And finally, I found someone that was willing to give me a chance. And it was in the military organization. So they were just starting a marketing organization in military. So I moved from my account management role in military to the marketing role in military. And I started as an operations leader and uh, we went to a bunch of trade shows. I was doing the budgeting for our spend. Okay. Um, and then I, I then was the tanker transport marketing leader. So marketing engines for tanker transports, which are basically like commercial airlines, but used in the military for aerial refueling. And um, so I got to see all sorts of cool things. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds cool. And and then from there, I went into commercial marketing. And then I did some sales support. Okay. And in both both of those roles was working with the sales team and got to do some cool traveling and meet with a lot of people and different networks. And then I, through that network, had worked with someone who was in the supply chain world who called one day and said, hey, what do you think about helping me stand up a commercial operations organization and sourcing? And I thought it sounded interesting. And so otherwise, going from a commercial role to a supply chain role is it was not your standard. Right, a lot right. Of people at GE, it's like when you're in commercial, you stay in commercial because there's a lot of opportunity in the commercial world. Okay. So I went to supply chain and was in the commercial operations group. And then now I am the fasteners commodity leader. So um, my team buys all the nuts and bolts and all of these nuts and bolts I didn't even know existed um, for the engines at GE. So that's a lot. I know. Yeah, that, that is certainly that's a lot. A lot. I was going to say something. I'm like thinking about everything she just said. I'm, I'm gonna like, jump in real quick. Yeah, go for it. it I'm like so processing like it. You've got a wide variety of uh, background or experience. Yeah. Um, what would you say was your most um, enjoyable uh, experience through all the stuff that you mentioned there? Maybe it's the most recent thing that you're working on with recency bias, but again, don't want to speak for you. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I would probably answer two ways. A lot of my roles were very process focused, mm. so working on support and process improvement. And so when I was working, supporting the sales organization, I got to go to a lot of the different sales poll meetings. So I got to experience a lot of travel and meeting with different people in different countries and their cultures. And I love that. It was at a good time. I wasn't married at the time, didn't have a little girl at home. You could travel and not have yeah. to worry about yeah. stuff as much. Yeah. I remember I... I was in Dubai one week. I flew home for the weekend and I left for Amsterdam the next Monday. <laughs> wow. And it seemed really cool at the time. Right. At the t- now you're just like, okay, now you got like yeah. 15 different things to figure out. But and, at that time it was all, yeah. Yeah. And now I work in supply chain and I've only gone to Indiana one time and I did go to California recently. Your biggest <laughs> trip is like, yeah, I went to Indiana. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so that was really enjoyable. And then now I really like my role because it's, I own something. I feel like I own the 
purchase and the cost out and the um, delivery of new parts into the nuts and bolts group okay. of GE. So I like the ownership piece of that. So it sounds like you're on the fast track to becoming CEO someday. Oh, I don't know about that. Hey, yeah, never, well, never say speak never. Speak it into existence. That's right. <laughs> speak it into existence. Well-rounded. That's uh. So I want to come back to to the to the the comment you made about um how you you had these different parts. So Caden, you asked her. Hey, what was kind of stuck out as like your favorite role or like responsibility there? And I liked the answer you gave because you were like, well, there wasn't, there was different roles I liked at different times yeah. for different parts of my yeah. life, right? You're like, well, I loved to try. It was cool traveling mm-hmm. and getting a different culture, mm-hmm. but I also like didn't have a lot of responsibilities. So right. I was a different, you were in a different phase of your life. Mm-hmm. And then moving into now, it's interesting. You're, you're saying the ownership of that, that purchasing, that sourcing, that, that kind of like that whole organization, right? That organization of the nuts and bolts and the uh, supply chain side of that, right? right? But did you start, it sounded like you kind of one of the spearheads for that segment of the business because you went from what commercial to supply chain and this was like a new group inside of GE. So it was, so the sourcing organization is divided into six or so main commodities. So Ours is the shared hardware, which used to be called small parts. So it basically is small parts. Okay. And we used to have one person that did what is now five roles. So I'm in one role. There's four others that have the same role. And so I would say the lady that had it before us, I don't know how she did it. But she was just (laughs) a machine. Right, right. And so we've all been brought in to actually put some strategy and a little more rigor behind all of this. So they took took her, her role and said, hey, let's split it up. Let's be more specific about each individual individual segment yep. and, you know, make it more efficient, right? Make right. it more productive. So right. and that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. It is. So and it's exciting. It all out. Right. Yeah. Right. It's that little bit of like, it's exciting to start something new and be a part of that. But I'm sure it was like a little stressful at the time too, when you were just getting into that role. It was, it was, um, I had Sloan. Uh, <sighs> yeah. January of 2020, I was headed back into work in April of 2020 and the pandemic hit. Oh, and yeah. And I thought, oh, I missed out on my opportunity to work from home because, you know, that two-week time when everything was shut down. Right. And then it was, oh, well, actually, it's going to be a lot longer than two weeks. I never went back to work. <laughs> just, I, just continue, I mean, <laughs> you're the same as a lot of people. It's like, I was, well, I was expecting to go back, and then it just never happened. No, I, I didn't meet my team for... It was actually a little bit embarrassing. I met a supplier the same time I met my team at one point because we had no one was going into the office, and we were having a supplier meeting and half the team was there and it was, Oh, Hey, so great to finally meet right. you. That's yeah. hilarious. I've heard a lot of stories like that where it took just so long to finally meet people in yeah. person with everything going on. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. So it was an interesting start, but, um, I think it helped our team be a lot more cohesive and, um, I mean, just a lot of people were in the same boat. It wasn't just standard working anymore. It's right. Changing and being more flexible and communication is super important too, right? Oh yeah, because you can like like we talked about this before, but you can totally ignore people when it's just when it's not they're not in your face. So yeah. that that must have been like challenging for you to like figure out how to navigate like communicating, working with the team, taking on this new role. Yeah. Obviously, having Sloan that's a lot. It was it was it was a lot of change, but good change. And I would say one thing I did was I made our, I guess I will say made us, uh, our team, I, I made them do like a get to know kind of thing in our weekly meetings. So I had a little template and it was 
five questions or I guess it was like 10 questions and it was, okay, you're going to answer five of them. And then I'm going to do some rapid fire questions to you. And I just want you to share a little bit about you and your interest. And, and, um, so then the team got to know each other better because it was kind of like, all right, we're not going to go back into the office. So let's figure out a way that we can start getting to know each other better right? virtually. So you had touched on that you found a mentor early on. What would you say is some good advice for like networking and reaching out to, you know, people that you want to uh, grow with and learn from? That's a good question too. I, I would say in the beginning, I looked for more formal mentorship programs mm. and I would say those were a little bit forced and I sure. never got, got a great mentor from that. Yep. Um, the women's network helped me immensely. It was uncomfortable at times because I didn't know people. Right. But I think as soon as you make that one or two buddies that you're going to start going to events with, or in my case, I wanted to take a leadership position and that is a little bit easier than once you're in one of those positions to build connections. So, um, because typically you get partnered with someone or a group of people to be in that subgroup with. And so that was helpful. And so, so the women's network was really helpful. Are you still um, involved in a women's network or maybe it's called something different? So I am my least involved that I've been throughout my whole 13 years at GE. Well, you've got a lot going on. It's called yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of it. Um, and the pandemic too, if there's not as much going on. Mm. Um, and I do honestly think being in, in some of the roles that I was in within the women's network, you kind of do your time and then let someone Move else on. do their time. Sure. Um, but I should be more involved. I think one thing is I didn't mean to make you feel guilty. I was just <laughs> you're sitting, she's sitting here going like, I'm going down a, 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 a house. She's like, Oh shit. She's thinking about it. Like, no, I, but I think one, one important thing is to always be networking and always mm -hmm. like, even if you're not looking for a job, continue to, to build your network and mm -hmm. set up time with people just so people think of you when there's an open role. And I that's something that. I could be doing better at right now. Well, and it's, and it's true to like that extent. Uh, like in any aspect of life, again, you're not when you're networking just to get a role. It's yeah. a li it's it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of overthought. It's a lot of like it's not as genuine. Right. Then if it's like that, be curious and 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 put yourself out there, and you never know where that next role or next opportunity is going to come from. Right. Oh, so yeah. if you're meeting a lot of people and you're sharing your genuine like excitement or a genuine curiosity with them. You never know when five years down the road yeah. or 10 years, you run into them again or something comes up and there's an opportunity mm -hmm. that comes a knock in that they said, oh, I remember. I remember Lindsay. Right. Yeah. So I, I like that point because it's networking is, again, I think people overanalyze that word too. Like, yeah. oh, like, I'm not good at networking. It's like, don't overthink networking. It's just meeting people right. and getting your name out there. Right. It's It doesn't have to be like... Hey, goes. It's not like speed dating. We have to go sit in front of somebody and hand them a card. Right. Hey. There's multiple ways of doing it. Is what you're getting. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. At GE, we call it playing in the off season. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Okay. Playing. I like that. Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> I might have to steal that. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm gonna put it up on our board. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm curious about. So we're talking about this women's network, and I want to understand what that is. Like you've mentioned it. Yeah. Several times, and you just asked questions about it, but. You know, me having two daughters, Lindsay, yeah. you know, like I, I'm excited to see a woman like you that's on here, that's motivated, that's also like taking the steps mm -hmm. to not let oh, being a woman in the workplace, like keep, you know, you're like, I got involved in women's, women's network to help me move forward in that. Yeah. Um, 
And so I just think that's really neat. I just I don't understand what the women's network is. Like, is that organization inside GE? Yes. Is there like the specific goal for that? Is it just to connect you guys? Is it what is it? Yeah. So I don't have all the stats on it, but I don't. Twenty ish years ago, the women's network was started by a couple of women who noticed there weren't a lot of women at GE, okay. and it was just a way to connect with other women and then build each other up. And um, there's a women's network, there's an African-American forum, there's an Asia-Pacific forum, there is uh, people with disabilities, there is um, veterans network. Okay. So GE is big on affinity networks, and it's not, men are in, included in the women's network if they want to be, it's not like a, you have to be a woman be to be, a woman in, right, be right. Because they're, part of it too is uh, looking for male allies. Okay. So... Um, so it's just a small group that turned into a bigger group, and there's a. So I work in the Evendale location, but then there's women's networks at lots of the different locations, and it's a way to stay connected and keep that like, keep that you know connect with like minded people and, and push yeah. forward and stuff. Okay, right. okay. I think a lot of big companies are starting to implement programs like that or have over yeah the, yeah, the past two decades or so because at Kroger we've got something very similar we call okay. them ARGs associate okay. resource groups and yeah there's different buckets you've nice. got your women's uh, networking um, and so on and so forth so yeah it's really nice to hear that other organizations are doing that yeah too. good yeah so a follow-up question on that then because uh-huh. I'm just super curious but uh, leading into like we're talking about this this networking and GE I mean this sounds like a big a, a, I work for a smaller company, so we don't we don't have different groups. We don't we're not big enough to have a bunch of different groups, right? Um, not neither here nor there. But w- would you say that kind of leads into this next question for you, Lindsay? Is like what would you say that adds to some of the pros of working for a, a company the size of GE? And and what is that? What is what are what are some of those pros that you have found, um, including that as being in a part of a large corporation? Because I think you know for people of all shapes, sizes, walks of life, you've always got that opportunity to look at like a smaller, you go to a smaller business and maybe you get some equity or you get a, a big a ownership stake or something in that. Yeah. And I think people forget that you could still get that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and those those opportunities for larger corporations too. You just, they're just not always top of mind. So can you kind of get into like what is so great um, in your opinion about working for a company like GE? Yeah. Um, and what advice would you give to some that are, are thinking about, you know, this is a two-sided question, going for a larger corporation job or switching from a small business to a large business or vice versa? Okay. So to answer your first question. Okay. Number one. <laughs> number one. Um, I would say the best perk of working for the large company that I work for is the people. So... We work with a lot of smart people, um, work with a lot of similar people, a lot of different people, um, a lot of people that are very smart in one area and learning from each other. So I, I really like the people. I made a lot of good friends through GE. Um, I would say the opportunity that I've been offered ha- has been um, something that's a benefit to the, to the large company. Mm-hmm. So like we talked about just going from the military group to the commercial group to the supply chain world and getting to travel and just not knowing where I want to go next, but knowing that I have a lot of different areas that I could go into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've scratched the surface on it, but there's still lots of organizations that I've not been in. So, right. Right. Um, there's always different places to try and learn. And I, I think those are two benefits. 
Um, the question about small business, I guess I just don't have a ton of experience with that. The mm -hmm. market research company that I worked with was about four people. So in that sense I did, but I was only there for a few months mm -hmm. and I guess it gives you access to everyone mm -hmm. and you get to know, you get to know the details on what goals everyone's working towards and you get to know the ins and outs of the business a little bit better and faster than in a larger corporation. I think in the larger corporation, we're always working towards transparency, but it, it probably is nothing compared to if you're just in it every mm -hmm. day. And there's so many processes too. So many processes. There's a process Lots to a process regulation. to a process. Yes. Yeah. Especially at GE. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Lots of approvals needed. Now, what attracted you to like, choosing all these different types of roles. I think you briefly touched on it, but like, would you say uh, if you are a new person in the workforce to like try different types of roles or would you say kind of keep your heads down and, and stay focused in one area? And I'm sure there's pros and cons to each, but yeah. what would you have to, to share around that? So there's a lot of different ways to do that. I think the there's just no right answer to it. Um, for me, I wanted to get into marketing and then I got into marketing mm -hmm. and then I wanted to try something else. So, yep. um, I, I liked working the salespeople at G are pretty fun. So I really liked working. Salespeople are fun. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to say something. I, I was thinking too, to add to your, the point she made you were talking about the pros uh -huh. and I was thinking of like, I don't work for large corporations like GE, uh -huh. but I was thinking of a pro for you. Okay. Uh, one of the pros and one of the cons of a smaller business, which I've worked for smaller companies, like 50, 50 to 100 employees under to me, I mean, even 500 employees. I mean, that, that might be seen as medium size, but yeah. It well, my matter. point is, is like <laughs> when you go in for a role at a, a company like that, you, you yes, you get trans more, you, you get to see more of what's going on because you're yeah. it's a smaller group. Right. Um, but you also wear a lot, more, like you're asked a lot of times to wear a lot more hats, uh -huh. but you're not necessarily being either compensated for those hats. Or becoming an expert in any one area because you're doing so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, but you also, like, I know from experience in small business, you're not going to go from necessarily sales to engineering to marketing to supply chain. You know, and what I think is kind of neat about working for GE, your story, it's exciting for me to hear is like, you know, I got in GE and I went from marketing to sales, to sales processes, to supply chain. But you were able to do that while still climbing the ladder, right? Still moving forward mm -hmm. and switching roles. Like you're saying, you know, especially people, younger, you know, younger professionals, you don't know what you want, mm -hmm. but you're in an organization that allows you to have different fingers yeah. and facets out right. there, right? That's right. kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, that gave you the opportunity to go, okay, like, I'm doing, and you're also not super bored with it, right? Yeah. You're not just stuck in one role, Going, man, I'm just punching a clock. I'm like, no, if I want to, if I'm getting bored with this, let me right. see what else is out there. And, you know, GE, just like a lot of the bigger corporations, like they want to retain you, Lindsay. Like they've want, like, you're a top tier talent. They're like, however, we can keep you on board. Um, that's just that's something I, I would say would be a huge pro to that. Yeah, it is. So 18 months is about the minimum they want you to stay in the job. And so I typically had moved around every 18 months, two years, just because there was things popping up and it's exciting to go try something new. And, um, so I would say until right now I'm about almost two years into my role. Okay. So would this but, be the longest role that you've, you've held at this point? Pretty much. Okay. Yes. Um, 
there, my marketing role, my military marketing role, I was in for three years, mm. but I had done the ops part of it for two years. And then I had the tanker transport part put on for that third year. So yes, if I, well, being in this role and not looking for something right now, but I think that for me, it's, I, again, have the two-year-old daughter and I still think there's a lot of things I can do in this role and there's more learning and I don't feel the need to go run off and do something new just to do something new. So right. I think there's time in your career to do that. And then there's times when it's okay to stay put. Right. It just depends on what phase, again, what yeah. phase of life you're in and where you're at mentally. Yeah. I mean, if you're super bored, you don't want to get up and go to work. Maybe that's a different thing, but right. if you're happy with it and you're, and you're moving forward and you're, you're seeing that progress, that's cool. That's interesting. One, one other thing I'll, I'll jump in with Cole is I, I don't think everything needs to be seen as a step in stepping stone or yeah. like a promotion. It's yeah. all right to take that lateral move. If you want to try something mm-hmm. different, especially, Especially if you're miserable in your your current role, or maybe you're not miserable, but you want to just branch out and learn something new, which might be similar to some of the stuff that you've done in your previous experiences. So I didn't want it to just sound oh, like to the no. viewers that you've got to always look for that next you know promotion, which is Promoter good. Don't get, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it's certainly all right to you know take that lateral move as well. Well, yeah. oh, you're right. I mean, go like you got to do what's going to make you happy and fulfilling, right? At the end of the day, I mean, if it's even if it's a, a risk, I, again, if it's a risk, whether it's jumping a new role, you have nothing, you don't know what the hell you're doing, or you're right. jumping into a, a new business or whatever. You're just, yeah, I, yeah. So I, I didn't mean it that way, but thanks for calling me out. I'm good at doing that. Yeah, seriously, man. Someone has to do it. <laughs> yeah, he just takes me down a notch. Jimmy's over there. Someone's got to stop check looking you, at you, know? Jimmy. God, <laughs> I swear, Jimmy's been eyeballing me the entire time. So, mm-hmm. Lindsay, what advice would you give to someone uh, new to the workforce or just about to enter the workforce? So I would say the two things that come to mind, uh, one is that you need to do your job. You need to do your job well, Mm -hmm. but doing your job is not what's going to get you noticed. So get involved in those extra projects or those extracurriculars. It's really good. Um, So we've got got councils are the the cool thing right now at GE. So there's a, a commercial council, a delivery council, a quality council, a kind of process council, and a culture council. So... Um, GE is big on listening to the employees right now. And so I am involved in one of the councils and I would just say, if there's an option like that, get involved in one of those. There's, there's gotta be all sorts of things that you can, it doesn't have to be a specific council. It can be a special project. So do your job. Like Cole said, communication is key. Just communicate with your manager and your peers, make sure they know that you, you know what you're doing and you're, you've got it taken care of. They can trust you. They don't need to worry about you. And the, other thing I was going to say, I'm blanking. I think it was probably going to be to network. So those are all good things. <laughs> no, but I like that. So you're saying, you're saying go the extra mile, right? Yeah. You're saying like, don't just do the, like, especially when you're like younger, right? You're young. Like you were, like you said, before I had, before I was married, before I had Sloan, I was, you know, I had the time and that was the time in my career to do that, to like mm-hmm. go out, travel, try new things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's great advice. Like get out there and, and he, I'd never heard that before. I like, I believe that I'd never heard it said so simply is like, <laughs> do your job, do it well, but don't just do your job. If you want to get noticed, yeah. like you've got to go, you've got to set yourself apart and be aggressive and going after like new opportunities, new ways to get involved. Right. And, and quite frankly, like, you know, there's so many facets. She's not, you're not saying, Oh, you have to go be on a council at your job. There's a million different ways you could do that, right. but just be aggressive about, setting yourself apart and fulfill and, 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 and 
pushing forward and doing different things to market yourself. I mean, you still want to market yourself. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I guess one other thing I would add then too is you are your best advocate for your career. So mm-hmm. you do have HR people, you've got your peers, you've got your manager, but you really need to promote yourself and you got to look out for yourself too. So sometimes someone will come knocking on the door and say, Hey, I've got a new role for you. Can you come do this? And other times you've got to seek it out. So you've got to, you got to take care of yourself. And you can do things like you said, like to prepare for that. Like you said, to market yourself, like you can go out and say, okay, if I want to, if this is where I want to go, what would make me look better than every other candidate? Is it this, is it going to get this certification or being part of this group or doing this? Yeah. Be ad, be your own advocate is what you're saying. I like that. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, easy for a lot of people just to get caught up in doing like the, I'd say bare minimum or just the basic requirements right. of their job. And right. if they're trying to, you know, make that next step in their career, it's like you got to go in above and beyond that. Right. Um, like you said, networking, uh, getting involved in other, you know, leadership opportunities, whatever that might be uh, explicitly. Um, but yeah, just doing your, your basic job duties isn't always going to set you apart from someone else that probably wants right. that same role that right. you're, you're trying to, to get to. Yeah. yeah. And I really noticed that recently when we had our, we did peer reviews this, this year and none of my peers said, you did a great job doing your job. They said, you did a great job with this project or with this council. Hmm. So that's what people remember. They were like, yeah, you did really good at like that order. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You did a great job typing up that email. Yeah, that was like 1st. the best email exactly. I've ever seen. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I still don't remember that. I wish I remember uh, all the specifics about uh, something one of my first mentors uh, at Kroger had shared with me. It was like another business philosophy, very similar to kind of what you described, Lindsay, um, with just going above and beyond. And I want to say it's called like PI. It's an acronym, performance. I don't know what the I stands for. The E sticks with me to this day. Exposure. It's all about exposure. Ah, I is image. Thank you. Right? Yeah, I guess the I and the E kind of play off of one another, but that really like never heard yeah. that was a great piece of information. Like your performance is one thing. You uh-huh. gotta do the the basic job duties, but like how are you setting yourself apart? How are you marketing yourself? How are you networking? Are you getting out there in front of people? Are you joining these councils? And that was something I'm like, wow, this is really important information, especially as someone that's very ambitious. Like I want to, you know, move along in my career. Like Uh if I'm just doing X, Y, and Z, which is, you know, the given, like how do I go above and beyond? That's where I started to get more involved in other, you know, areas outside of just my immediate role. Yeah. Nice. That's super rich. I I like that. I'm going to start performance image. I've never heard that before. I'm glad you brought that up. I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah. It's been a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to I want to make a point um, that we're not for, we're not necessarily just for our listeners we're not necessarily saying like oh you've got to you've got to go after like just move up the chain or don't move at all this is great advice mm-hmm. for like any aspect of life like get involved find ways to market yourself because again if you want to move forward in life and keep the wheels turning you've got this, this is just really good advice for for keeping just keeping momentum in the right direction in any any aspect of life not just your career but whether it's personal professional you know spiritual if you're trying to set yourself apart and go out and put yourself on a limb out on the limb that's going to only reap benefits i don't think it's it's it can be a negative there's some sometimes there's negative results but 
I think that's just something to point out. Yeah, one thing I'll, I'll counter with is, and this is more so taken from like a manager perspective, is you're going to have your A players, your B players, and your C players. I'm oversimplifying this, but you've got your A players that are seen as the people that are just doing a kick-ass job at their job. Um, they go above and beyond. You got your B players that are kind of on the fence of, you know, staying where they are, but want to, you know, make that next career jump. And then you've got your C players that are just there to make sure that they're doing everything that meets the basic job functions. And that's all right to have your A, B, and C players. And you need to recognize who those people are and put them in the right positions. And sometimes from the employee's perspective, it just depends on where you are in your life. Like for you, Lindsay, and I don't want to speak for you, but um, you know, if you've got kids, like maybe you can't take on as many opportunities. So you're, you're willing to be that B or C player for X amount of time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, your kids grow up, uh, you got a little bit more time on your hands. You can then, you know, transition back into that A player role, which a lot of, I think young people as they enter that workforce want to be that B and A player Mm -hmm. because they've got more time on their hands. They don't have as many responsibilities. Now I'm sure you could counter that, but Lindsay's like, I'm an A player. I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) I don't like, you just call me a B. She's like, cut. She's cut. No, I would agree. There's a time and a place. Yes. I still remember the lady VP I was talking about. She said, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. Right. And I think a lot of working women want to have it all Mm -hmm. and priorities are going to change and ebb and flow. And, but I also think sometimes that oversimplifies it too. Like there's working dads, there's people with no children that have other things that they want to do too. And sometimes I remember before I had kids thinking, well, so-and-so comes in really late and leaves really early and I'm working way harder than she is. Yeah. And so you just... If, maybe I should have left earlier. Maybe I should have said, well, I have things I want to do. <laughs> right, right. Like maybe maybe she had it figured out. Maybe she did. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, right, right. Hey, comparing yeah. yourself to others is a dangerous game. I mean, there's yeah. a time and place for it. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on uh, work-life balance? I think I have good work-life balance right now, and that's one of the key reasons I want to stay in this role. So what exactly does that mean to you? So... For me, I am able, when we lived in Oakley, my husband and I would walk Sloan to daycare. We would come home. We would work. I have an 830 meeting every day, so we'd have to be back by 830. I still have an 830 meeting every day, but <laughs> we don't drive, or we have to drive Sloan to school. All right. Um, being able to spend time with her in the morning, a lot of times she even gets to sleep until she wakes up, which is one day we're going to have to change that. But um, <laughs> And then working, and then... And then just getting able, being able to not drive. I guess right now the big thing is not working from home, and that's saving a lot of time where I can spend with her versus driving to and from work. And that probably won't always be that way either. But I'm just. But right, right to now it's it's working. It. Right yeah. now it's working. You've got yes. you've gotten into a routine. Right. And like okay, so can you like how critical is that routine to like your productivity and like your your mental well being? Is that critical staying in that routine? So. JR and I have started working out in the mornings, so that's been a benefit to the routine. Okay. And um, we, our team goes in once a week, so we go in on Wednesdays, and it takes about 30 minutes to get to work and 30 minutes to get home. And I think the whole team is in a spot where they're like, wow, we could have been working for this hour, or wow, we get there and we try to turn XYZ on for our meeting and it doesn't work. We could have done it at home. Right. So I think that the whole world is kind of changing how beneficial remote work is now not to discount being around people too. Mm -hmm. Um, and certain things are much better in person than virtual, but from a routine perspective, I've definitely enjoyed this routine of going a little later, going a little slower, 
spending a little more time with family, taking care of health. Right. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. It's underplayed. It's underplayed yeah. in the, in the, the media. They like to go, well, yeah, yeah, we've talked about this several times, you know, you know, be the hardest worker, work 90 hours, don't stop, grind, grind, grind. And it's like, yes, 100%. Again, there's times and places in yeah. life when you have to do that. But also know when you got to slow down and take care of your physical health, your mental health. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like being a dad, Lindsay, you know, too, for me, uh, I have my girls. If I don't take that time, I'm 10 times, I'm less productive. Yeah. I'm more stressed out. I'm more of a grump. Like you've got kids, like they are your number one priority. Mm-hmm. And you want to work for a company and be in a role that, that's okay. Right. Like, and you're, and that's one of the things that you're saying, like, I won't never, you don't want to jeopardize that. So it right. sounds like you've just gotten in that, like, really sweet routine of having that time for each of those buckets. Right. That's super critical. Right. And that's what puts, like, that makes you function, makes you run well, like a well oiled machine. Right. And I would say before the pandemic, no one would have pushed so hard for these kind of extra time that we're getting mm-hmm. today. And so I, I think that's been one benefit. Oh, absolutely. Like the, the mental health, and the physical health and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think there's a lot of pros, probably more pros than, than cons to working from home. One thing that I've been thinking about over like the last 12 months with where I am is like, because I have the luxury to or mm-hmm. opportunity to mm-hmm. work from home. I, I'm struggling with like if I wanted to grow my career to let's say like a VP or director level. And again, it's going to be different at different organizations, but do you feel like there's some type of stigma associated with like working from home and like climbing the corporate ladder? Like, do you feel like you need to be in the office? Like, do you have the option to go into an office setting if you needed to or work from home? Yes. So GE announced that they wanted everyone to come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I think. Okay. But sourcing had decided they were going to enact Tuesday, Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then before that, our team decided we were going to come in on Wednesdays. So basically all sorts of different running rules. Right, right. But our team is, at least for now, sticking with what we had originally said. And whenever we go in, there's not many people there. So I think that it is dependent on the organization that you're in. And you kind of want to follow suit with what the rest of the people are doing. If my whole team started going in or if there was a reason to start going in and I needed that exposure, then I would start doing that as well. Got it. Um, it's nice when upper leader or upper management shows that they're not always there. So I remember our whole team went in for a meeting with our GM and he wasn't there. And we're like, what are we, why'd we come in? (laughs) (laughs) So I think a lot of it is kind of following, you want leadership to show and walk what, what they're telling you. And that's one way to be a good manager. Um, but for those trying to grow and be seen, I think you can go in, you can also just make sure you have your camera on and right. Yeah, that's a great, don't have a fake background. <laughs> like yeah. show yourself. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it goes back to the, the topic on like exposure. Um, like how do you, yeah, try to get yourself out there more from like a, a remote standpoint. And you just brought up a great recommendation. Make sure you've got your camera turned on. <laughs> you're participating in meetings. Yeah. Most likely you don't want to just be like a name on a screen or you'll oh, yeah. be like, wait, who is that again? Yeah. I'm going to uh, embarrass my husband for a second, but he has <laughs> a ring light. Like one of those Instagram lights. I think oh, that's maybe fancy. that's not even what it's. Oh called. yeah, I know you're talking about. It over yeah. his, is it over his? Uh... Over we, we we've got yeah. a lot in the studio, <laughs> but we don't have one of the ring lights just yet. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. The camera. Yeah. yeah so. I need one of those. So I would say get the right setup if you're going to work remote. Get the right setup. I, I like now that. have two desks: a standing desk and a sitting desk. Heck yeah. And invested in a chair. Um, Jr. got me, you know, the camera. You got the he, whole setup. He didn't get me the the light yet. 
Come on, I'm JR. So, she so needs the light. So JR, give her the light. <laughs> Come on, he's step it, step it up. But he's a hundred percent remote, and his team is. He works for a British company. He so. works all over the co- all over the world, right? Yeah, so it's very important for him to be on camera. And so I know, like, we were struggling with daycare. Now we drive there. We were taking her back to Oakley. He'd be late for an eight thirty meeting. He'd miss the t- the chance to turn his camera on, and that would really upset him. So. That's why it became a priority to move Sloan's daycare closer to mm-hmm. our house. Make sure that we are both available to be well, he's on a, camera or what we need to do at a certain time. He's in a leadership role. I mean, there, and you, like you said, they're all over the world. He doesn't get to see them. Right. And he's still, I, I, I believe, he's moving He's moving in the right direction with his company, yes. moving up. Um, but he's doing that all. He's doing that all remote. Yeah. And he's taking the little steps like the having the camera on all the time. Yeah. Probably he's, I know I've talked to him like having some different meetings like stuff like that. So uh, it's interesting, like you said, the bigger companies are adopting and and, and adapting to that. Yeah. So just the way like the exposure aspect of it, like how do you make sure you're still getting that connection and right. getting putting yourself out there? I think there's ways you can be creative about that without necessarily sitting in the same room with somebody. Right. And one thing he told me is their his teams like his Microsoft Teams will partner him with another exec to talk to once a week or once a month. And so he goes and sets that meeting up and has that conversation. Mm-hmm. And he says half the people he talks to, like they get that same connection, but they don't go initiate a meeting. So just look for opportunities yes. like that. Say, yes. Oh, I'm connected to a random person let's do it why not right why not let it rip let's go that's awesome i think that's your favorite saying let it rip it's a good one though (laughs) let it rip let it rip okay so um i think uh one of the questions i did want to ask you Lindsay, because i think you've i i I have a feeling you've got a really good answer to this Uh because this is a great conversation what is the worst advice you've ever been given okay so i I think I do have a good answer for that one. So I had a manager one time and he told me in my review that I needed to be more aggressive and I'm just by natural tendency, not an aggressive person. So I mean, I grew up playing sports, I'm competitive, I can be aggressive, but that's not my innate personality trait. So, um, and I just thought, well, I can't be fake aggressive. Right, so right. I'm not gonna, be like, awkward. Come start yelling at someone or be really loud or I guess some of the standard things. The prototypical aggressive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I would just say don't change your your standard personality traits. Like uh-huh. you can know when to turn something up or down, but did that manager mean true. Did that manager mean like specifically like be louder, be more like aggressive? Is that what they meant? Like, were they just like, you're too quiet? Um, I think his feedback was always, you need to go faster and you need to be more aggressive. And it was in the sales uh, organization. So I think it was just kind of a, I mean. Yeah, it was a prototypical, like, be, be, be aggressive. Yeah. And you're like, that's not me. Yeah. That's, and I think sometimes, I mean, everyone wants everyone to do everything faster. They're yeah. just sometimes. You can Even though they're not doing it as fast. They wanted it yeah. done last year. Yeah. yeah we've right. all heard it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yep. Be aggressive. So it like, sounds like. The flip side of that is you're you're telling people to be your authentic self, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. I like that. Right. Yeah, and hone in on that, right? right? Sometimes they say like, yeah, there's that balance of like, yeah, you want to like make your weaknesses like make them a little better, right? You don't, but also like focus on your strengths. Like you're saying, be authentic to who you are. Right. If you're not an aggressive person, which I can't fit in that vote, mm-hmm. but if you're not an aggressive person, 
don't be aggressive. Right. On the flip side of that, I don't think I should be like, oh, since I'm aggressive, I should be more aggressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. how, how does that pan out? But I, I think that's uh, that's super interesting. Don't be authentic to yourself. I like that. Yes. Do you think uh, we wrap things up here? Well, I want to do the quick hitters real quick. Well, yeah. Oh. We, we always wrap up with some quick hitters. Well, and I wanted, okay, there's one more question before that because we asked for a worse advice. Oh. Okay, go for it. Now. Best advice. <laughs> like that? I stole, I stole, I stole I, a life. I, really, I was going like this. I was trying to do it cool. Um, what is the best advice you've been given? It doesn't have to be like, it be like just some of the best advice. Okay, I'm going to stick with what my dad likes to say. Let's hear he it. He always just says, it doesn't hurt to ask. So, I mean, that can be in your day-to-day. It can be your work. It can be your personal. It deserves a round of applause. Yeah, hit the button. Jim, Jimmy's slapping Jimmy. that day. We don't, we don't have that. Yeah, and there's just lots of times where it's like, well, you could walk away or you could just ask the question or you could do it in a work setting like after an interview or after a project, after a presentation. Well, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. People that hate the word no. Yeah. People hate the word no, but no is not that That is bad. essentially the worst thing that happens, and yeah. no. You're that's, right. Yeah, people hate that, though, because it's rejection, and people and like, we're programmed to be like, oh, I'm just not going to ask because mm-hmm. I don't want to be rejected. Right. Uh, a lot of the times, you've probably experienced it. You're, that's probably why you love that advice is that when you've asked, you've actually got what you asked yes. for. And it's like, <laughs> if I would have never asked, yes. I would have never gotten it. Right. Because like. Just like employers, friends, family, mm-hmm. they can't read your mind. So mm-hmm. if you don't ask them something, they're not going to just go, okay, I know they want to drive my car down the street, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to tell them to drive it. No, they don't know. They have no idea. Yep, Say, hey, right. can I take your car for a spin? Sure. Right. Right? Or no. The answer is no. But <laughs> I just think that's that's really cool. That's really cool. So want to hear what the quick hitters real quick? Yes. Start. Real quick. Quick, 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 okay. quick. Real quick. Go ahead. Skyline or Gold Star? Definitely Skyline. That's easy. Okay. Day or night? Uh, and it can be both, but uh, day, I would say I can't stay up too late these days. Okay. But what do you mean by night? Is night like six to nine? Like, do you enjoy evening, day or evening? Happy hour you... time. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you enjoy happy <laughs> hour. Is it that's happy hour? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's five, five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, that's not my favorite uh, time. Uh, be- coffee hour, too. I love okay. coffee hour. All right, all right. Okay, beach or lake? Probably beach. Okay. Um, what were some of the other ones we had? Winter, summer. Winter, summer? Summer, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's too cold here right now. Yeah, I don't have anything else. That was the last one I could think of. I think of. the oh. last one was bangles. Oh, ba- well, the bangles are the bangles. Uh-huh. Are, you, who's hi- are you hyped about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got my nails done for it. I sprained my ankle when I was jumping. I was so excited. <laughs> he laugh. Okay, Amanda got it on video, and I was jumping up and down, and I like the second time. She was like, we're all like screaming, and I like went to my knees, and I, I was like limping back to her. She's Aww. like... She's like, get out of the camera view. I was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Injured, injured on the play. I was worried that you weren't going to be able to come You know what? Out. I'm glad I got injured and not like one of our Bengals players, though. Yeah. Like, I took one. Basically, I am a Bengal. Thank <laughs> so, you for taking one. Yeah, <laughs> I took one for the team. I'm basically his. Shout out Joe Mixon, by the way. I really <laughs> want you on here and Joe Burrow. So one day. Shout out. They'll be on here. Yeah. I've already reached Joe. I've already reached out to you. Check your Instagram. <laughs> and any score predictions real quick for the Super Bowl? Obviously, the Bengals win. Let's but hear it, Lindsay. Yeah. Break it down oh, for us. Oh, uh, You'll become internet famous if you get this right. 21-14, Bengals. All right. I like that. Low scoring. Go ahead, Aiden. You want me to go a second? All right. I'll go 31-27, Cincinnati. Oh, you guys had a really good spread there. Let's go. 
Last time you were like 50 to 49 Bengals over Chiefs. I'm like, it's way too high. <laughs> 39 He's still going to 42 Bengals. Went on a McPherson kick. All right. All the right. rookie. McPherson, baby. <laughs> I like it. Well, hey, thank you all for uh, tuning in to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. We want to say thank you once again to Lindsay Hazenfield for joining us. It was a great episode. Thank We'd you. We'd love to have you on uh, again. Uh, can learn a, a ton from you. Um, so, again, thank you to all. Um, please reach out to us at unscriptedexchanges at gmail.com. We are continuing to build out our backlog of guests. We've got uh, quite a few uh, on the docket here for the next uh, couple of months. Um, But as always, enjoy the week, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thanks for having me, guys. That was fun. That was great. It was great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.